With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. Talk about one of my favorite songs of your Nico Vega era and work, and that's Gravity. I wanted to bring that one up, especially because it's probably one of my favorites too. And I just, have you seen the video? The video is so, it's just so much fun. Like, Really? I thought it was so dark. Oh my gosh. Okay. I thought it was, it was really disturbing when that the guy with the 1960s film camera punches you in the face. I'm like, ah! It was so much fun to film. And it was also done by a great director who is like, it's funny because he's actually like a, he like his specialty is like these horror films. So that's probably where like the gore came from. But 
I love that video so much. And maybe it's because I'm a little twisted. Like It's a very twisted video. There's no question. Because <laughs> you're trapped in this elevator and you're with these men and they're kind of like from the 1960s. It's got this mad men feel and they're like grinding their hands and you could just feel something's going to happen and you think it's going to be like this hashtag me too moment. The guy bashes you in the face. I know. I can't show my children the video because it really looks like I'm getting beaten up, you know, like bad. Um, it was all kind of special effects. Like the bottles that they smashed on my back were like made for that, you know? And so it wasn't real glass bottles, but they did hurt when they shattered. We were really beaten up by the end of that video. We were like beaten up. I remember, but it was, it was so fun to film. And like, we had a bunch of our friends in it. So a bunch of the people wrestling us and stuff are like friends. That's not what the song is about. No, no, that's not what the song is about. (laughs) It actually is kind of because it was like about, I want to say like the big superpowers that kind of loom over society, like the top of the pyramid at the time, I guess, in my brain holding you down. And then also about kind of like at the time it was, let me think, I have to really go back into my little psyche, but it was about like not being sort of held back by other people's limitations you know, and words have gravity, like they hold weight. That was the whole point. Like the song is about words. It's about like, I was big into talking about suppression all the time. Like that was like a big part of my vocabulary back then. And so it comes out now when we're talking about these songs, but things that hold you back and hold you down, you know, and keep you from being like the bigger, more expressive, explosive version of yourself. That was a big part of like Nico Vega's message from the very beginning. I think our first EP before Dan even joined the band was called Choose Your Words Poorly. And it was like kind of a play on just, you know, not censoring yourself as much, you know? And then we had like paint. We were kind of like, it was a picture of us looking like censored um, paint across our mouths. Like our mouths were painted shut or something. The chorus is kind of call and response-ish and very anthemic. And your live shows, this is, I believe, one of the more popular songs with a lot of audience participation. But one of the lines is, na, 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 na. You could do it better than I. (laughs) 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 Of course. That's not words. You're you're saying na, na, na. (laughs) Na, 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 na. Yeah. I think I did a lot of that in music as well. Does that just come to you? Like, this is where I need a na-na-na and a whoa and a woo. It's like a rhythmic, fun change-up and like creative little departure from the expected. I do remember that that was uh, not the original chorus. And that was from somebody, like, I can't remember who challenged us to, or maybe it was just even ourselves, but that wasn't the original chorus. I think Gravity was one of our most fun songs, but part of the reason why I actually thought it would be a good song to talk about was because it was one of the few songs that we actually reworked and hate reworking music. If you know me, I'm like, this is it. It's done. And like, let's move on. Please don't ask me about it. (laughs) Well, it's funny. It's funny. She says that because I was, when we were talking about Iron Man, I do remember because we were signed to MySpace records and MySpace Tom. We all know MySpace Tom. For those of you who don't, maybe like a, a younger generation, like Tom was like, he was like the Mark Zuckerberg of MySpace. But anyways, so we, we actually knew Tom and we went to like dinner with him. It was kind of like, 
we were pretty stoked on that at the time. But I do remember with Iron Man, he did call Asia up and say, uh, I really like this song, but I don't really understand what you're trying to say. I'm not telling you what to do. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, step on your feet as an artist, but could you try to make the lyrics a little more clear? <laughs> and I remember you just being like, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's funny because this is a good opportunity actually to talk about sort of the death of Nico Vega. There was many things that kind of happened. Some of it was also just, it was such hard work and not a lot of, not the response that I felt like we needed to keep it going at the rate that it was going at. And so that was part of it. But a big portion for me was actually like, as soon as we would sign a deal, there was always these voices that would come in and start manipulating the music to make it like more commercial, more marketable. And of course, as a woman in the music industry, and I never even really have thought of what it means to be a woman in the industry, probably because I've there's some part of me that's like in such denial of like, I'm like insistent upon there not being a difference between a woman and a man or something in my own mind. I'm like, nope, it's not because I'm a woman. It's But there was such a like marketability conversation always going on, even a deeper conversation that maybe other people weren't aware of about like what to wear or like at photo shoots, like this needs to look a little different, meaning like, let's show a little more sexiness, like there's more appeal, like make this, she needs to look better, you know, like a lot of that going on, but then also in the music, manipulating it to make it more, what's the word? Like radio friendly. Yeah. And just like, yeah, edible, (laughs) just like, (laughs) or any not edible, but you know, like needs to be something that people can like digest, understand, get on board with. And a lot of people need to needs to be more mainstream. And so as soon as that started happening, and I am like very, Dan knows that I'm like as hard headed as I've become over the years. I've also, it's in my personality to be very compliant as well and be very like, I like people to be happy. I don't want any, I want to like, I want to try to do what people are asking of me. And I'm like, don't want to say no. And I'm going to try to say yes. And I'm going to try to always do the thing. And so I really was always reworking and like things to make it more marketable. And, and it ended up kind of killing me actually, <laughs> because I just lost track of myself. Like I couldn't hear my own voice anymore. And then I married someone who's like incredibly prolific and very like, uh, he has a great pop sensibility, obviously, as most people know, like that is very, it comes very naturally to him and he's very comfortable with that aspect of his music and it's natural for him so for our audience tell them who your husband is my husband is dan reynolds from imagine dragons he's the singer and songwriter and he's being his wife aside like he's the most prolific person i've ever met like it's it's crazy i mean he writes like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs and every album ends up being like 20 or less, you know, like 12 songs. And we have such a different workflow, you know, like we both write very quickly, but I'm like a very, like it comes in spurts and then I want to draw for a month and then I want to like make something else for a month and then I want to do something else. And he's very consistent and he's very reliable, consistent and very palatable, I guess is the word, you know, like when we're talking about his music, most of it, I mean, I hear his obscure stuff that nobody hears that is totally out there. And he's like, oh, I just was feeling this today. And then plays like some crazy thing that is, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. But no one will ever hear it, you know? 
but that's part of like, you know, what gets released. It's a very successful business and band and they're amazing. And what gets released is the stuff that is like palatable. And I feel like for me, I couldn't play that game and do it in a way that felt honest for me. You know, one of the lines in this, you said that that almost killed you. One of the lines in this, it's almost a biblical line. You say, over time, you can kill me, but I'll resurrect. So, nah, 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 nah. And that is actually the truth. Like, I mean, I think that's what happens. Like, I'm, I persevere and we all do, hopefully. It's not just persevere, resurrect. It's like, there's one big guy who resurrected to my knowledge, like, <laughs> but I think like our life is a series of falling down and getting up again, you know? And that's, those are like little deaths, little deaths that you have to reconcile. And I've done that so many times. And I think that's on a grander scale in life. We do it. But I think also with people, it's like you hurt relationships and things, you know, stuff happens and you have to recover you need to come back from it. And that's, kind of what that song, what that part of it was about. But I think on a bigger level, Gravity is a really good example of, you know, that song had a big evolution and it did work out. Like it's a cool song and I'm glad that we rewrote it and reworked it, but I can't do that with all the material because it doesn't feel right for me. I'm ready to move on. And like the thought is the thought and the feeling is the feeling. And I want to create something different and express something new. And so it's hard for me to fit into the construct of the way that music is made right now. Cause I've written with Dan and, and there's some, you know, this, I've had influence on some of like the dragons material here and there, like just because we live together and we write together sometimes my husband, Dan, but I definitely don't want to play that game. Like I don't want to go into a room and write for other people. Really. I've done a lot of like writing and jumping through hoops and it never feels good. And it kind of killed me. I feel very recovered now. Well, I'm glad you resurrected. I have. And I think two is a really good example to bring it like more modern, but like to now, but Dan knows me very well. Like this Dan, he panned on the call, knows me very well. Like I've come to a place where I'm expressing more fully than I think I was for a really long time. Like I had this whole phase of solo music and I wrote this album, Sandy, and it was like during when I was pregnant and having babies. And a lot of that, like what came out of me was more tender and soft and quiet and easy. And, and there's a place for that too. But I think like, I feel finally at a place where I'm able to fully express and be myself. And very, I'm very comfortable with that. And I'm very, I love myself now. Maybe that was a part of it, like learning that. And so two feels like for me, I'm really happy in this band, you know, I'm really happy in this dynamic with him. And we hear and see each other. Our communication is really great. And I feel very like heard and seen and expressed. And that's really special, you know? I had a few questions about gravity. I love this line, but <clears throat> maybe you can help me understand its meaning or maybe not. The title line, gravity is a parallel on words. What does that mean? <laughs> this is another one of those moments where you're like, okay, bad English and poetry kind of coincide. I think that, let's see, gravity is a parallel on words. I think that that was just the meaning of that at the time was really just that like, you know, gravity and words, like words are labels and they are, they hold weight no matter what you think. So how you choose to speak and say something will be perceived 
how it is heard. And it's kind of stinks that that's, that we are limited to that. You know, we're not like telepathic creatures right now. Maybe we will be someday in our evolution, but right now, you know, you have to communicate with labels. And that is part of what I think this generation now is coming out of actually is like, there will be so much more fluidity in the way that we describe things and the way that we understand things. Like we will be more accepting of things that are living outside of a box or a label. Well, you know, that's a lot more than I expected from that. Well, it's, but it is, it's like, it's, well, the words, I mean, words are, words hold weight and they are labels. And that's what our whole reality is based on. You know, you don't just come into the world and decide what something is for yourself and take your own thought for it or word for it. You are taught and then that is your experience and our language holds weight. And we're learning now too, that like part of when people talk about like systematic racism and all these things that are like new perspectives on these old ways that have just been living and living and living on, a lot of it is just language too. And it's how we communicate and how we identify things and boxes we put things in and how we don't even know the origins of some of the things we say. And that's words, you know, and they're weaponized, they're weapons. And we know that too, very well from watching a president who like, not to like demonize anyone, but I feel like we've had a major experience of people weaponizing language and really it's been very at the forefront of our media. And the, the hard thing is that it is very manipulative and it's very painful and hurtful. And now we've really lost perspective on how to kind of relearn things. We're having to rebuild, you know, because of language. Did the exercise of our First Amendment right cause an insurrection and a riot in the Capitol or not? That's being debated as we're recording this. Is it a First Amendment right? You know, there are boundaries on it. You can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater, but, you know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 